You are listening to The Christian Commute, a commute-length podcast about Christian apologetics, theology, and other matters of Christian interest. Here is your host, Seth Dunn. It is Tuesday, September 19th, and I have failed you as your podcast host because... I did not bring my microphone. I drove my minivan today, and the headset is in the Kia. Because I, I mean, long story short, I had to take my daughter to pre-K today. My wife usually takes her, so I ended up in the van because that's where the car seat was. And I wasn't thinking early in the morning. Listen, I got up at six. I got up at six a.m. this morning. Usually, I hit the snooze button and get up at seven. But I was like, no, I want to help take the kids to school. So I, I, my, my head wasn't clear. I barely remembered my work computer. Do I have it right now? Yes, I have it right now. So, sorry. Sorry about that. I hope you can still hear me in a diminished audio quality show. I have the phone on the visor. And the microphone of the camera pointed towards me. I do not have a full show for you today. No one came through with a question in the inbox over the weekend. Here comes a yawn. It's because I'm tired. I got up at 6. 6 a.m. Some of you, I realize that many of you listening get up well before 6 a.m. or at 6 a.m. every day with no problem. Not me. first world problem but there's uh, and I think not having a a question in the inbox is is partly my fault because I uh, I didn't upload the shows till this weekend the three shows when people get the shows it makes them think about sending in a question and when they don't they don't so once again we're breaking our streak of having a full show. So all we have today is the Bible chapter review and the show topic. Sorry, I'm, I'm a little slow today. And the show topic, I don't know what I'm going to call it. Al Moeller safely criticizes Andy Stanley. I'm thinking about calling it that. But I don't. that's not even really what it's about. We'll get to it when we get to it after the, the Bible chapter review. And oh, by the way, I'm going to Birmingham on Friday for a soccer tournament. So I probably will try to weasel my way into working from home on Friday. Which means uh, there will be no Christian commute. Unless I want to record one on the way to Birmingham with my son in the car for two hours. Who knows? We'll see. I always say that, and I never do it. So, I, I, I'm going to... It's not even really Birmingham. The name of the tournament is the Birmingham Bash. I'm staying in an Airbnb in... Uh, I don't even know. I, I can't pronounce it. Sekulja? Alabama, 
Sili no, Silicaga. Silicaga, Alabama. I bet that's an Indian word. I'm going to look it up. Place that's 20 minutes from Birmingham. I think how that translates. So we'll see. And here, this is just a fun fact. And I'm sort of excited about it. I hope I get to meet the guy. The church I'm going to visit, because I need to find a church with an 8 a.m. service, and this is, listen, three minutes from the soccer field. I call that providential. Is pastored by the guy who submitted the amendment to update the Baptist faith and message to where it reads that the office, the second office in the church is pastor slash overseer slash elder for all these people who think it's a different office. So I like to shake that guy's hand because I think he eliminated a lot of confusion. Good for him. Matthew chapter 25. That's right, we're starting a new Bible chapter of you today. But not really a new subject. Jesus is still talking about his return. This is part of the parable of the ten virgins. Then the kingdom of heaven will be comparable to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were prudent. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the prudent took oil and flask along with their lamps. Bear with me as I get onto the exit ramp. I thought I was going to read that all before the red light started or the green light started. Now while the bridegroom was delaying, they all got drowsy and began to sleep. But at midnight there was a shout, Behold the bridegroom, come out and meet him. Then all those virgins, virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the prudent, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the prudent answered, No, there will not be enough for us and you too. Go instead to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. Right, that's, the, that's the end of what I'm covering today, because that's all I could fit on a sticky note. We'll get to the rest of the parable and the ramifications for the imprudent virgins tomorrow, but let's examine this a little bit. Because outside of understanding this culture, it might be a little confusing. And I think even if you don't understand the culture, you get the point of the parable. There's five people who planned ahead and five people who didn't. And the people who didn't plan ahead are up the creek. You, you can tell that even if you don't know why these ten virgins are walking around at night with lamps looking for the bridegroom. But let me tell you why. As I mentioned, what was it? On Friday's show or Thursday's show, I was talking about ceremonies and the formality of things and how there's a formality of weddings and a formality of funerals and how back then those things used to take longer. So back then, the weddings took longer. There was festivities for a few days. And this is talking about that. So what would happen is the start of the wedding festivities, the, the groom would go to the bride's house and then there would be some things that he did there with her ceremonially. And then they're going to go back to his house. And there's going to be a procession as they go. The wedding party would join. So these ten virgins are basically, in our modern English terms, they're bridesmaids. So these are ten young women who are a part of the wedding party. 
and they're waiting for the bridegroom to start his procession back to his house and they're going to go with him and for whatever reason this happened at night back then I don't know why but it did and they would have had to have lamps with them do you know by the way do you know what English people call flashlights they call them a torch when, when Americans think of a torch they think of a stick with burning fire on the end that Indiana Jones is carrying to a cave but English people in the, in the Queen's proper English they call it a torch so these people since they're walking around at night nowadays we'd have a flashlight back then they'd have an oil lamp there were no street lights back then there was no ambient light from the city so if I go on a walk at my in my neighborhood at night there's street lamps all over my neighborhood that are lighting the way not only that the various houses have have floodlights outside of them and there might there's light from the moon a little bit but there's even ambient light from the city so if I go out at night it's not pitch black it's the same thing for you if you're walking to somebody's house in your neighborhood now if you live in the country it's going to be pitch black right these people didn't have street lights and they didn't have floodlights on the houses so when they went out at night it's like North Korea is now have you guys ever looked at a, at a, a not a map but a satellite image of the globe at night and you see the world is lit up except for the North Korean Peninsula because they're so poor they can't turn the lights on they're under communism so they're, they're so backwater in North Korea but that's how it was it was for everybody in ancient times so you had to have a light to go with you now we're starting to understand why the virgins who didn't bring extra oil for their lamps are imprudent they're going out at night and without their lamps they're not going to be able to see they're not going to be able to be in the bridal procession having a lamp as part of it so they're not only in danger just in general from walking around in the dark they can get lost they can get attacked who knows what these are young women well they're, they're not going to get to take part in the procession and they know they're going to be walking around at night which is by the way why they got drowsy when the bridegroom delayed now we don't know why the bridegroom was delayed he just was in the parable so all the virgins fall asleep and they've used their oil by the time they wake up their 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 lights are out they have to trim their wicks it's another thing we don't do anymore we don't trim wicks so if you have a lamp that's an oil burning lamp you have a wick that's the thing that burns with oil on it and that burns down so when you want to relight your lamp you have to trim uh, trim your wick and get more oil on it well the imprudent virgins didn't plan for such a delay these are the type of people if you've ever been driving in Arizona who don't stop for gas so I'm on I-75 right now and I think literally every exit that I could get off on has a gas station from here to my house but if you've ever gone out driving in Arizona out towards the desert you start seeing signs that say last service for a hundred miles and what the sign is telling you is this is the only place that you can get gas the roads gonna go on but there's not going to be any more gas stations 
maybe something similar in Georgia when you're driving down I-16. But I, I'd rather get trapped on I-16 than I would the desert. So these are the type of the people who drive through the desert with a half a tank of gas. And if something goes wrong, well, they'll just be stranded in the desert. The prudent virgins brought extra oil just in case. And guess what? Just in case happened. So it's no problem for them when the bridegroom approaches. They're just going to relight their lamps and they're going to join him. Now what about the others? Well, they don't have anything. And they ask the others, hey, let us have some of your oil. And they have to say no because they don't have enough. They, don't have, they only have enough for five people, not ten. They brought enough for themselves. They didn't bring enough for the imprudent virgins. And they say, listen, you guys are going to have to go to the dealers and get more. Now, I don't know what kind of oil shop is open in the pitch black of night in ancient Judea. Maybe the smart one, because that's when people need the oil the most, I guess. I guess they got a 24-hour oil station out there. Maybe. So the imprudent virgin, virgins have to go away to find more oil for their lamp while the prudent virgins are going to be able to join the procession. And we will see the fate of both groups, Lord willing, Thursday on the Christian commute, because today is Tuesday. And I'm going to work from home tomorrow. Alright, so I got nothing. I got no I got nothing. No magic words. Not this feeling to stop this hurt. I'm just blank. Just staring into space, singing, please, please, can I think of something? But I got nothing. That's a Darius Rucker song about how his wife or girlfriend's about to leave him after an argument and he doesn't have the right words to say and she's gone, all right? But I got nothing, because I got nothing in the inbox. Unless you want to hear me sing off key some obscure song. I wasn't a, that wasn't a popular Darius Rucker song, was it? It was a wagon wheel that everybody knows. It was an obscure song. And unless you want to hear another obscure song about having nothing, you better send a question in to sethdunn88 at gmail.com. sethdunn88 at gmail.com or dial 470-315-0875. The Christian Commute is your theological roadside assistance. And since the inbox is empty, let's go on to the show topic proper. Al Mohler safely condemns Andy Stanley. So, Al Mohler sometimes writes for WMNG, the World, is it WorldNet Global? No, WND, WorldNet Daily. He sometimes publishes a column there. And he published a column, I guess yesterday, called The Train is Leaving the Station. Al Mohler's the president of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, for those of you who don't know anything about the Baptist world. And the train is leaving the station is about Andy Stanley's departure from biblical Christianity. And Al Mohler gives, an, gives the example. He says, listen, Andy Stanley is hosting this conference at his church with openly homosexual people. I'm talking about men who say they're married to men. And the purpose of the conference is how to counsel 
uh, Christian families who have LGBTQ, that's a mouthful, LGBTQ, it's easier to say sodomite, teens, kids. Now, God forbid one of my kids ever calls and tells me that they're LGBTQ, and God forbid they are that and never tell me and stay in the closet because I don't want that for my kids. I don't want them to be turned over to idolatrous, wicked sin. But if your kid does come up and tell you that and you're a Christian, you need to say, you need to get saved. You need to repent of your sins and turn to God. That's all the counseling you need. Do not embrace this lifestyle. Do not paint your nails. Don't wear a dress. Don't go on to the internet TikTok gay channel, okay? What, whatever that is. There's the internet TikTok gay channel. All kinds of lasciviousness goes on on there. Amen. All right, then. But then don't, don't, just don't in any way think it's acceptable or this makes you special in need of special attention. Repent of your sin, period. But that's not how the world thinks. And Andy Stanley's of the world, so they're going to have this conference. And let me make, make myself clear. The conference is not people who are saying, this is sinful, and it needs to be repented of, and this is how you need to deal with it, and these are some of the difficulties you're going to face. It's just a bunch of people who are affirming that Stanley is hosting at his church. I mean, the, the conference is its own thing, but it's being hosted by Andy Stanley's church. And Al Mohler said here that this is just proof that Andy Stanley is departing biblical Christianity. And to his credit, Al Mohler says he's been on this trajectory for a long time. He mentions the unhitched the Old Testament thing that Andy Stanley said. Oh, I, I want to say it was... Is it 2012? Is it that long ago that Andy Stanley preached his famous When Gracie Met Truthy sermon? And Al Mohler wrote an article asking if megachurches are the new liberalism. So he said something about Andy Stanley before, but now he is outright coming out and saying, Andy Stanley is leaving the faith. And not far behind Al Mohler was Danny Aiken, president of Southern, no sorry, Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary, to tweet Al Mohler's article out. Now here they are, two of the biggest influential Southern Baptist guys, evangelical guys. Andy Stanley's not a Southern Baptist. Technically, some people might say he's independent or, or uh, non-denominational. That's a Baptist church. They baptize people. They're just not affiliated with the Baptist Convention. They don't need to be. They're massive. Uh, and anyway, there's this, this condemnation, like not that this guy is in error, that this guy is leaving the faith. Now here's the deal. It's really safe to say that now because Andy Stanley has come out as, as gay affirming. There's no two ways about it. He has. We've talked about that before. Ad nauseum. But this is classic Al Mohler. Okay? This is how to lead from behind in the Southern Baptist Convention. When it's finally safe to come out and condemn somebody, when nobody's going to argue and say, well, what about this, or what about that, or you're not being charitable, Al Mohler will come out when he's 100% sure Andy Stanley is apostate and be like, we need to watch out for this guy. 
And I'm glad he came out and said it because as Al Mohler mentioned, Andy Stanley is one of the most influential pastors in the United States. There are hundreds if not thousands of pastors buying Andy Stanley's books on how to pastor a church. Now that's sad. Obviously those guys had no discernment to begin with. But Moeller is in the business of training pastors and so is Danny Aiken. So two things I want to talk about. One, and it's the second thing, is, you know, what do we use as the indicator, the sign, if you will, that someone is, is left biblical Christianity? I'm going to get to that second. And the first is, when do we want to ring the alarm bell? Here's the deal with Al Mohler. When Al Mohler is sure that conservatism will win the day, he's going to come out as conservative. When Al Mohler is sure that moderate, moderatism, moderation, whatever you want to call it, is going to win the day, he'll be moderate. And when it's the wind blows conservative again, he'll go conservative. And you've seen him move around with his statements about sexuality before. And anybody who's familiar with his career trajectory over the past 30 years, well, know this. I've got an article about it. It's an old article at Pulpit and Pen. You can Google Al Mohler Orthodox. And Al Mohler Orthodox is when Al Mohler sees which way the wind is blowing and says, this is what we need to do. That's what he's done here with Andy Stanley, by and large. His article is much too late. Weeks and weeks late, if not years and years late. Granted, he's criticized him before. So the first thing is, we as evangelicals need to find leaders who are willing to go out on a limb, not willing to watch everybody else on the limb, and when the, when the scales finally balance and tip, they go out there. That's not what we need as leadership. So that's the part about Al Mohler safely criticizing Andy Stanley. It's now safe to criticize Andy Stanley. Why? Well, because Andy Stanley's gone gay-affirming. And especially in the Southern Baptist Convention, but in a lot of parts of evangelicalism, going gay-affirming is sort of the unforgivable sin that indicates that a group or an individual or a church has gone apostate. When Eugene Peterson, that's the guy who wrote the message, the message Bible paraphrase, he did an interview right when he was about to die. He was getting old. And he said something gay-affirming. Lifeway dropped him the next day. His books were gone. They weren't going to carry him anymore. And then he had to retract his statement. Jen Hatmaker. Jen Hatmaker used to be carried in Lifeway. And she wrote Jen Hatmaker Dribble along the line. Dribble along the lines of Beth Moore. Now, I've never read a Jen Hatmaker book, but I've seen her social media, and it's stupid. It didn't matter that Jen Hatmaker was a hack theologian. It was, hey, she's a popular TV personality. She's on HGTV. Is anybody on HGTV not gay-affirming? I mean, the whole network seems gay to me. If you want to see a network full of gays, besides Bravo, it's HGTV. Everything's about remodeling your house. You know who has money to remodel their house? Gay people, because they ain't got no kids. 
I have a house, a big ruined house from kids. I'd love to remodel it. <laughs> anyway, Jen Hatmaker came out as gay affirming. Bang, gone, Lifeway. You're not Lifeway anymore, Jen Hatmaker. Lifeway sells almost every heresy under the sun, but not gays. You cannot be gay affirming and be carried at Lifeway. So Al Mohler is going to stand here and say, Andy Stanley is departing biblical Christianity. He's going to say the train is leaving the station. Al, the train left the station 20 years ago. You just didn't notice. Now again, Al Mohler's made some very astute observations about Stanley and his megachurch. About sort of a a biblical, critical, neoliberal attitude that he's had, the Gracie Met Truthy thing. But when Andy Stanley came out and said, I'm going to create churches, this is my goal, I'm going to create churches that unchurched people love to attend, that's when Andy Stanley left biblical Christianity. Did he deny the Trinity? No. Did he deny uh, salvation uh, by grace alone, through faith alone? No. Did he, did he deny the incarnation of Jesus Christ? No. And by the way, there's a lot of people who don't deny those things, who, who are affirming. What he did, finally, is say he accepts homosexuality. Because remember, he wants to create churches that unchurched people love to attend. Who hates to attend church? Biblical ones. Homosexuals. Homosexuals want to be a part of a group and, and go to a social gathering just like anybody else. A lot of them were raised in church. But they don't want to go to a church that's preaching a biblical method because they'll be challenged on their sin. They'll be faced with the reality that God's turned them over to their unnatural passions. But when Andy Stanley came out and said, I am doing this on purpose. I am creating a church that unchurched people love to attend. He left biblical Christianity then because church that, that unchurched people love to attend is not biblical church is for Christians, and Christians still love church. That's it. That's what the Bible teaches. If you want to see more of a drawn-out argument on that than me just saying so on the Christian commute, you can go to my article I released called An Open Letter to Members of North Point Ministries, where I argue that their very church model is unbiblical and they need to leave. And I, it, I wrote that when Andy Stanley said that people who attend small churches are selfish. Because they're not thinking of their kids and all the friends they could make. And that was after he said verse by verse exegetical preaching is cheating. I mean, he's been indicating and indicating. But here's the thing, what I'm trying to communicate to you is we have got to, as greater evangelicalism, change the standard. It cannot be sexuality. Now it's helpful when some wolf comes out and says it's okay to be gay, because then you can obviously know he's a wolf. It's really hard to be nuanced and deceptive there. But I'm going to tell you this, any denial of a biblical principle is a departure from what? 
biblical Christianity. Now, notice what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that anybody who interprets the Bible wrong or differently from me or differently from you or whoever is going to hell and they're not a Christian. There are plenty of Christians out there who genuinely have trusted Christ as their Savior and genuinely repented of their sin, but they don't understand that they're in some kind of theological error or misunderstanding. Prime example is Presbyterians because they're sitting there sprinkling babies and calling it baptism. Okay? But when you have a guy like Andy Stanley, he's not the only one out there who makes it about nickels and noses. His church is attractional. I don't care what the statement of faith on your website says. If it says the Bible is inerrant, if it says the family is a one man and one woman, I don't care that your website says that. When you say church is for unchurched people, you've left biblical Christianity. But nobody wants to say that. Al Mohler's not going to say it. Danny Aiken's not going to say it. If they were, they'd say it 20 years ago. They need to wait until somebody does something really, really bad. Really, really big. Like affirming homosexuality. Guys, if the Bible is the standard, if faithfulness to the Bible is the standard, whenever somebody puts pragmatism over Scripture, we know they've left biblical Christianity because they're doing things the world's way instead of God's way. And it's easy to see how when you're on that path, you can go down a path towards affirmation of homosexuality or for that matter, cohabitation between heterosexual fornicators. And whatever else the world says is okay, whatever else the world promotes and glorifies. Andy Stanley's been worldly forever. And you have, dare I say, feckless leaders like Al Mohler who are only going to come out and salute the flag once the victor has raised it. Al Mohler's really good at reading a room. That's why he makes six figures a year. Alright? I'm bad at reading a room. I tell the room what they should be doing whether they like it or not. Some of you are probably the same way. You look at how Jesus talked to the room. You know he could read it. What did he do? What did he do? So I'll, I will try between now and whenever I upload this to come up with a snappy title. But my point has been made about having a higher standard or more stringent standard for what Orthodox Christianity is and when to tell if somebody has left it. The train ain't left, left the station now. The train left the station. It's off the tracks and it crashed off a bridge. Thanks for listening to the Christian Lord willing, I'll be back with you again Thursday. As always, God bless. And as always, remember, Christianity is not about getting saved. It's about being saved. Thanks for listening to The Christian Commute. Please send your questions about Christian apologetics and theology to SethDunn88 at gmail.com. 
If you are not a Christian, please remember that you can be reconciled to God through the shed blood of His Son, Jesus Christ. The Bible teaches that all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Repent of your sins now and accept Jesus as Lord. God bless.